Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, October 2nd, 2023. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Phil Giraldi, uh, no stranger to those of you that regularly uh, watch this podcast, joins us now. Phil, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Did you recently receive something in the mail from the President of the United States that said, Philip, our work is far from over, and this raised your blood pressure? Well, not only did it raise my blood pressure, which is a bad thing, but it also terrified me. Um, it implied that uh, Joe Biden is going to work more of his magic over the next two years, and uh, his uh, agenda is uh, God knows what. I mean, uh, we're on the verge of a uh, uh, possible nuclear war right now that uh, he self-generated pretty much. And uh, we have millions of people pouring over our southern border uh, and uh, the economy is going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Joe Biden is going to do in the next two years <laughs> because he believes we have a lot of work still to do. How um, worried are you? just from your knowledge of the way government works and perhaps from your sources in the intelligence community of which you were a part uh, for much of your professional career uh, of America being dragged into war in Ukraine? Well, my feeling is that, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but you know, it doesn't seem to me that anybody did an honest intelligence assessment or a foreign policy assessment before getting into this mess, because there is absolutely nothing in it for the American people. There's nothing in it in terms of um, creating a cure situation uh, for the United States. Uh, there, this Russia did not threaten us. This whole situation did not threaten us. And now we're tied uh basically tied and committed to one of the most country, uh, most corrupt country in Europe, uh, which is going through a purge right at the moment. And uh, there is uh, there is nothing in it that is uh, there to be optimistic about. The people that I listen to who really understand uh, combat on the ground, uh, people like Colonel McGregor, Scott, Scott Ritter, Larry Johnson, um, um, and, and sources like that, these people are, are adamant that this is a non-winnable situation apart from anything else that's, uh, that's going south. Uh, you, you mentioned intelligence assessment, Phil. Uh, would the government, the American government, normally uh, have engaged in, ordered and, and conducted and received an intelligence assessment 
before it started uh, to send arms in. In other words, is it is it rational to believe that your former colleagues in the CIA gave the president some sort of intelligence assessment before he started sending $60 billion in cash and armaments to President Zelensky and his cronies? Well, the, yeah, uh, he probably did get some assessments that tried to be, if not pessimistic, but at least, shall we say, realistic. And uh, But the, the, the fundamental problem with uh, intelligence assessments is they all depend on the original sources that that contribute to the assessment. And if, if, if the people that were being sent over to uh, Ukraine in the lead up to this war by the United States um, were essentially listening too much to false information that was basically being peddled to them by the Ukrainians for various reasons of their own, uh, then these, these assessments are not gonna be very good. But a good intelligence briefer, a guy like Ray McGovern, would probably uh, throw in the caveats on that kind of an assessment. All right, um, I, want, I want to play a clip from one of your former colleagues. I understand you never worked together, but you were in the agency at the same time. And he was an intelligence uh, briefer, uh, Jack Devine, who's a regular on the show, who candidly, my fans and the viewers of the show love to hate. So Jack draws, Jack draws a big audience, but the things they say about him on the message screen, uh, I can't even read them read them out loud. But here is Jack saying that he's betting on Ukraine. I'm betting on the Ukrainians still. It's not to say that the Russians aren't going to be formidable. I do think they will be under-trained. Be, sometimes when you create something big and it's not well-trained, they become cannon fodder. So I think it's going to be a really tough spring, and I think the war in many ways will be decided. There won't be a victor. In other words, the Russians cannot conquer Ukraine, and the Ukrainians are not going to beat the Russians. There's a certain point where both sides pull back. Even if you don't have an agreement, they lower their intensity. And that's when I think Putin personally is in trouble in his own country, and I think he goes. That's why the stakes are so big. And I think he goes. Did he tip his hand as to the true goal of the American intelligence community and the globalists in uh, Western Europe and in the State Department? Yeah, I think he did, but that's only half the story. Uh, the, half, the, the regime change to get rid of Putin is certainly one of the major objectives and has been for an objective for a long time because basically uh, Putin is pushing a, an agenda for Russia, which is a separate path, uh, relating to maintaining its culture and its traditions and its history. And we don't like that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, but but the other thing is that the, uh, um, again, Divine uh, is getting this from somebody. He's getting information from a source or sources. And I would be very curious as to whether he is um, somehow personally benefiting or at least uh, maintaining some kind of profile that he wants to maintain uh, by saying these sorts of things. I, I think, um, as I say, the people that I listen to, uh, these people are real serious combat and intelligence veterans of a different type, people who've been on the ground 
and have the experience and they're saying quite the opposite well this will raise your blood pressure even more here's jack a uh, divine talking about the effect of the ukrainian russian war on the strength and relationship between russia and china and i want to talk to you about china in a minute gary do we want a strong russia with putin and she is that going to bring us peace and harmony so we can live in isolation i think putin the day he crossed i'm on record i'm on record in the washington post in march uh, last year a few days after he evaded he sowed the seed of his own demise that is actually good news for us whoever causes it that's a good news a weak russia that sees putin going weakens china as well as russia does jack know what he's talking about no that's one of the craziest comments i think i've ever heard if anything the nato us intervention in the ukraine situation is driving china and russia closer together yes and china and russia are great powers whether you want them to be that or not and uh, uh, I, i don't get it i don't know where he's coming from on that it's it's a weakened russia is going to create a weakened china no it'll create a crazier china that's afraid of being russian if uh, it's almost as if this is the same Ukraine? type of propaganda that cia and mi6 feed on a daily basis to mainstream media mm-hmm. uh to get them to believe that somehow putin's going to go and there'll be peace in the world and china will no longer uh be a threat he used another curious phrase again i don't want to overly pick apart what he says when he said that putin sowed the seeds of his own demise i mean putin is probably stronger politically and russia more united the russian people more united behind him than was the case a year ago before the first shot was fired am i right on that phil well uh, every opinion poll i've seen and a lot of these opinion polls are conducted by western european agencies uh, german or british or french so they're they're reasonably reliable has indicated that putin has been consistently well over 70% approval rating uh well before this fighting started and uh ever since uh, sure there are some russians that are actively opposing what is going on and god bless them uh but the uh the fact is that the russian people know what the stakes are here and a ukraine in nato is a national security threat and it's also a threat to to russian identity of the people in donbas who are ethnic russians and in crimea so you know there are some serious issues here and uh, we're not necessarily on the right side of this when the cia gives uh, president biden uh his daily assessment or however frequently they give him an assessment do they actually make an argument that uh a russian victory in ukraine which to me means the establishment of the russian speaking portion of ukraine back to russia where it was 300 years ago and had been back and forth somehow adversely affects the national security of the united states so they actually feed such an argument into the president's brain i i'm not sure what's going on in the president's brain to be quite frank but the, uh, 
I think that would be a stupid argument even for them to make to him. I think what's being played here is a lot of vague national security type uh, allegations that Russia is a threat to stability in Eastern Europe. And if Russia is allowed to get away with this with Ukraine, the Baltic states will be next, then Poland. And, you know, it's this kind of it's this kind of nonsense. Almost like a domino theory argument, like the nonsense we heard in the Vietnam years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a kind of thing that if we don't do this, then this might happen or this will happen. This is probably what they're saying. And, and but the fact is, you know, they uh, they're good at this kind of thing. They, they kind of uh, weave things together. And even though Russia was no threat of any kind to the United States, back before this started, uh, they hypothesize how it would become a threat because this guy Putin is is kind of a dangerous dude. But but in, in your recent piece at the UNS Review called Joe Biden Says Our Work Is Far From Over, where you recount your apoplexy when you received this email from him saying, Philip, our work is far from over. <laughs> I guess they have you on some sort of a Democratic fundraising list, Phil. I wouldn't even ask how you and your wife got on that uh, list. But anyway, in um, in the piece, you recount, of course, very well, as only you can do, uh, that this has been the mantra of the State Department for many years. I mean, this is the argument that Condoleezza Rice made, you know, if we don't invade uh, Iraq, uh, they're going to invade Baltimore. I'm, sort of paraphrasing. This is the argument that Hillary Clinton, her successor, made for a bombing and slaughtering uh, Muammar uh, Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the argument they always uh, make uh, w- without any rational basis behind it whatsoever. So question, your guys, your former colleagues are professionals. And many of them risk their lives to gather information. How do they react when they see it distorted like this? Yeah, that's, that's of course, the, the major question here. I, I can only go um, with, a, with a view on this based on my own colleagues, former colleagues in the agency, and many of whom I'm still in contact with. Uh, out of all of them, I would say I can only think of one or two that supports the current policy uh, of, of unremitting, re- relenting hostility towards Russia. I can't think of any of the others that are, that are anywhere on that page. In fact, quite a few of them, uh, like Ray McGovern and Larry Johnson, are very much in the anti-war side on this and are very active in it. So it's, uh, I, I think, you know, you're an intelligence officer. You're paid uh, with the queen's shilling, as the, as the old expression used to go. And while you're in harness, you play by the rules and you you kind of do what you're expected to do. But uh, basically, that doesn't mean you put your brain into a filing cabinet and lock it away. Uh, when you when you're away from actually working for the government, you should start thinking for yourself, and that's what most of us do. Uh, You point out in this article that so impressed me that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, is about to duplicate what Mrs. Pelosi did uh, a few months ago and make a well-publicized trip to Taiwan 
and purport to speak in behalf of the U.S. government, or maybe to mouth what President Biden has already said, which is that the um, American government will use the military to defend uh, the independence of Taiwan at all costs. How insane is a trip like this? Sure, uh, and, and as I point out in my in my article, uh, Pelosi's trip had the reverse effect. It didn't make the Chinese back off. It made the Chinese have military exercises that came very, very close to Taiwan, sending their own message. So if you want to encourage Chinese aggression, the perfect way to do it is to have these trips by congressmen who don't seem to know anything about what's going on anywhere. Now talk about um, simulated uh, military, simulated attacks. And I didn't see this in, in the mainstream media. I didn't see it anywhere except in your reporting. Did the United States and Israel recently engage in some sort of a simulated war game against Iran? Yeah, yeah. This uh... well, well, we haven't seen it. It wasn't in the New York Times. It wasn't on Fox News. It wasn't anywhere. Why? Why would they do something like this? knowing it can be a provocation that can lead to real war. Yeah, absolutely. This, again, is, a, is an insane policy. Uh, you're, you're, they, they, this was war games about two weeks ago. Uh, it was conducted in the eastern Mediterranean. It was the biggest war games ever entered into by the United States and Israel together and comes on the heels of an enhanced a security pact between the two countries, and it simulated an attack on Iran. That's what it did. So, I mean, if you're going to, you know, really make people your enemies to the point where they're going to want to do something about it, this is the kind of stupid stuff that you go out and do. I wonder if they're also trying to uh, provoke Putin. I mean, Putin has a substantial commercial, or Russia, the Russian government, has a substantial commercial relationship with arms manufacturers in Iran. Uh, we know that. Uh, Putin blasted uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu when the Israelis sent some drones to attack one of the munitions plants that makes Iranian drones. So the U.S. is trying to provoke Iran and trying to provoke Russia at the same time. Is old Joe crazy? Or might this never have even reached the level of the White House, I, I don't know, this type of a, a, a military uh, pretend war. Does the president himself have to sign off on this? I would assume that the president either signed off on it, uh, on a document, or he was verbally briefed uh, by one of his national security people. But again, you're quite right. I mean, the fact is that uh, why, why do you do these things against countries that basically are not threatening you and don't have much capability to threaten you because uh, when you do this sort of thing, uh, whatever efforts they're able to make, they're going to amp up as much as they can. And uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm writing an article right now and I'm noting that, look, uh, Israel is, is bombing um, Syria and it's bombing um, Iran without the U.S. ever squeaking or saying anything. And, and yet Syria has never attacked Israel. And uh, Iran has never attacked Israel. So, what, you know, what is the equity here that people are looking at? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's reckless. So Iran is Emmanuel Goldstein. You remember who Emmanuel Goldstein was? That was the true name of Big Brother. 
1984, uh, Orwell's novel, where you know tens of thousands of people in theaters and stadiums would be ranting and raving at his image. He didn't even exist. His, his fictitious picture uh, on a screen. That's what Iran has become. Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu rails against Iran all the time, as you pointed out. Israel's attacked Iran. Iran has never attacked, um, never attacked uh, Israel. Um, how do the pros feel? Well, l- let me restate the question. Is anybody telling Joe Biden that the Ukrainians are losing, or are they just telling him that it, what he wants to hear? Is any intelligence entity, uh, would it be CIA, would it be defense intelligence? I don't know what, what other entities we have that do foreign uh, intelligence, but would any of them be saying, Mr. President, this is not going the way you expected it to? Uh, when Putin brings these 300 to 500,000 more troops in uh, in March, it's going to be over with pretty quickly, and you better be prepared for it. Does anybody say that to him? I don't think they have any of them would have the courage to say it in those many those words. I do, however, think that there have been hints dropped. Uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Austin, for example, uh, to everyone's surprise, about three weeks ago, came out with a with a comment about uh, something. Gee, maybe it would be a good idea if we negotiate our way out of this. Do you remember that? Yes. Uh, yeah, so that I'm was, sure he got his knuckles slapped <laughs> by the nuns, so yeah. to speak. So he was, you know, I think he was doing that as kind of protection for a policy that he probably better than most of these others uh, sees it going in the wrong direction. Is it but, probable that there are some back channel communications going on uh, between Washington and Moscow uh, that we don't know about? Uh, under normal circumstances, I would say that would be likely, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Uh, I think there be the, the statements that are being made back and forth are too definitive, too decisive in terms of their intent to indicate that there's there's anything any softening going on. I think we might well come to that when the Ukrainians are truly on their heels in about 60 days' time. Bill Giraldi, always a pleasure, my dear man. Keep keep sending those articles, and thank you very much for your time today. Well, thank you for having me on again. Of course. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.